truly an amazing day today, and, and I'm excited to be with you, uh, to share with you briefly from the Word of God today. Uh, we have actually been in this series called God With Us, and we're continuing that today, and this Christmas season, as I've said over the past two weeks, uh, Christmas season, uh, though you, you're told in this world it's supposed to be the most joyous and happy and wonderful time of the year, and I believe that it should be to a degree, but uh, this season tends to affect people in different ways, dependent on uh, situations, dependent on circumstances, dependent on family issues, and a whole lot of things. But I want to call our attention back to the centerpiece of this season and the centerpiece of the entire gospel, and that is Jesus. Because without Jesus, we don't have this season at all. Um, it's not. Some people just need to be encouraged and reminded that this is, is not about uh, presence. It's not about... Uh, you know, being able to do everything that maybe you desire to do for people and some people, all kinds of things. We get stressed out, we get frustrated because there's things in our heart during this time that we may want to do and we just can't do them for whatever reason or another. But my desire is to call us back to the one who changes everything and that is Jesus Christ. And the thing is, is when you come into contact with Jesus, you cannot stay the same. Uh, uh, an encounter with Jesus, an experience with Jesus, it demands a response. And here's the thing is either you're going to come to him or you're going to walk away from him, but he won't allow you to stay neutral. And so I want to just call us back to this because I think that if we come together, if we assemble together as, as a church and we don't talk about Jesus, all we're doing is having a social meeting. So we need to get back to Christ. We need to get back to the one who can rearrange everything about our life and make things new again. Can we shout amen? And so the title of today's message, uh, God with us, is simply, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. And I think that we have made this walk with the Lord, we made it sometimes, we made it so complicated, uh, we've made it about everything but what it's supposed to be about. Have you ever had a discussion with someone and you were just trying to get to the point, but they made it about everything that it wasn't about? And you're just getting frustrated. You, maybe you had a conversation with a mate or you had a conversation with one of your friends and they're going around every single corner except what you need to be talking about. And I think that we do the same thing sometimes in church and people end up getting frustrated because we don't actually receive the answer to the issues that we're dealing with in our life. And I'll tell you right now, the answer is not what you think it is. The answer is Jesus. The answer is Jesus. Uh, we spend a lot of time, I've said, uh, complicating the simple, but when Jesus came, he came to simplify the complicated. He makes things simple. And so there's a passage that I want to deal with today that I think really will speak to all of us in, in, a, in, in one way or another. And it's actually found in John 11, Verse 25, and this is what it says. It says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live even if he dies. Now, now I got to tell you, there's some context to this story that we really need to understand. And it actually begins at the beginning of John 11. And this is what it says over there. It says that now a man named Lazarus was sick and he was from Bethany the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And so the, 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 the summary of what's happening here, if you haven't heard this story yet, is, is uh, Lazarus is a friend of Jesus. Um, he's a friend of Mary and Martha. And Lazarus 
dies. How many of you have some things die in your life? How many of you got some dead things in your life right now? It's interesting that it can be, something can be dead but not gone. Come on. (laughs) And so this really, this passage speaks to a situation that in their mind and in common, in in just looking at it on the surface, it's a situation that's an impossible situation. This is why I said we can all identify with this because either now in the future or in our past or somewhere in our life, we've got impossible situations that we need God to intervene in and move yesterday. Come on. See, some of us act like we all are like, yeah, just God, I just trust your timing. Sometimes you don't trust God's timing. You're like, God, I need you to move in this right now. I need you to speak right now. I need you to heal right now. We've got to trust this timing, but sometimes there are things in our heart and in our mind that they're urgent, and we feel like we need to God to intervene and to move right now. And so Jesus actually, in the passage we read prior to this one, he declares something about himself that we're going to explore a little bit later in the message, but he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And this is important for us to understand because Jesus refers to himself in the scripture with I am statements repeatedly. He says things like, I'm Jesus. He refers to himself like, I'm the door. In other words, Jesus is the way in. Somebody didn't catch that yet. But Jesus is the way into everything that God wants to give you. Come on. How many of you need God to do some things in your life right now? I need y'all to help me preach today because I'm excited about this. All the stuff that the enemy fought you and fought me to just get to this point today, we're going to see some things happen in this place today. So he's the door. He's the gate. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He refers to himself as the good shepherd. He refers to himself as the light of the world. How many of you had some dark times in your life where you just need him to to shine some light on some things, to give you some direction, to give you some understanding in your life? Lord, I, I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand why I'm dealing with that. And you need God to just show up and shine a light and give you direction and give you hope for things that seem impossible. Come on. I appreciate that one amen. So (laughs) I'm just messing with y'all. It's okay. And so it it says again, now there's a man named Lazarus who was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. And so her sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one whom you love is sick. And so you got Mary and Martha, and they're actually, the, the context of them talking to Jesus is they approach Jesus just like you and I would approach one of, the, one of your friends. You know, you, sometimes you just can't ask somebody to do something. How many times you know you got to put some sugar on that thing sometimes? That's what my grandmother used to say. You, you can't just come right at it. See, uh, my wife is pregnant right now, so what she does is she doesn't come out. She's in here. Can I still tell y'all? Okay. So, so what she does is she doesn't come out and say, hey, I want you to go get this. She said, you know what sounds good? <laughs> The little smile on her face. She, she's fine, so she can ask me for whatever she wants. Any, message, message. So it's okay to laugh in church. You know the Bible says that laughter does good like medicine, right? So if you're dealing with something, sometimes you just need a good laugh, and she gives me plenty of those. So, but she knows how to just drip a little honey and sugar on that thing and say, oh, you know what, I'm going to put my shoes on, I'm, whatever you need, I'm going to the store. What do you want? So... Here's what what Mary and Martha do, and I feel like, and I've talked to our team about this sometimes, sometimes we take the humanity out of the scripture and we miss the point. So she says, you know what, Jesus, the one you love, he's, 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 he's sick. The one you love, 
is sick. And so sometimes we find ourselves in situations like that where we have things that seem to not be going the way that we want them to go. They're not turning out the way that we feel that they should. And so what we do is say, Lord, you know, if you could work this out, I could do so much more for you. You ever, you ever pray like that? Lord, you know, if you, if you just fix this, then if you, then I. And, and, and we come to him that way. And the reality is, is Jesus does not judge us and condemn us based on the way we come to him. All he wants us to do is come to him. See, for a long time, we, we made it so difficult. You got to come this way. You got to fix that. You got to fix that. And the invitation of Jesus is always the same. Just, just, just come. See, we want, we want, you want to tell the truth? A lot of times we want people to be clean before they. But the reality is, is Jesus says, you come with all that junk, come jacked up, come messed up, and just, just come. Because I got the answer for you. You say, well, no, I got to get over this addiction. Nope, just come. Uh, I've got to get over this bad attitude. Nope, just come. I've got to get, get well first, get it myself together. You ever said that? Amen. I just, I, once I get myself together, I, then, then I'm going to come. No, just come all messed up. Limp on into the presence of God and let him work on you. Oh, I feel this thing today. And so they appeal to Jesus based on his friendship with Lazarus. In other words, you, you love him, so Jesus, we need you to move. I'm, I'm going to give my, my pro-presenter person fits today because I'm not, uh, we're going to get it, I promise you. But what happens is, is up to this point, everybody who's experienced Jesus, I don't want you to miss this point, everyone who's experienced Jesus up to this point, they only know him as the one who can prevent trouble. It's quiet in here. So, in other words, Jesus can fix it, he can prevent it, he can stop it, but Jesus is actually getting ready to say, look, I'm Jesus, and I'm about to give you a different revelation of myself, one that you don't understand yet. Because I love you, I'm going to take you deeper in this walk with me. And so, I've experienced this actually in my own life. Uh, those who know me, I was very close to my grandmother before she uh, went home to be with the Lord, and about a year before she passed away, some will think this weird, but I don't. About a year before she passed away, I had this dream, and she was just all dressed up. And she had a purse, and she said, Shannon, I'm getting a little closer to home. And I knew exactly what, what it meant. It meant that she was going to go on and be with the Lord at some point this year. But I went to God. I said, God, I just, just, just we're so close. I just need you to keep her here. A little bit longer. Don't let, let her die yet. She loves you. She's been serving you. And, and I'm going to the Lord based on my own selfishness. That I, I wanted her to stay here. And in his mercy and in his grace, he was revealing to me that this, it was time for her to go. And so we have many prayers like that, too, that there's some things that, that God, I just want you to work out this way. I want you to do it this way. And God is saying, I could work it out your way, but I need to give you a deeper understanding of me. And in order to do that, I've got to get you out of the way. How many of you know sometimes the one that's standing in our way, it's not our enemy, it's not our family, it's not this, it's us. We are in our own way. And God is saying, look, I've got to, uh, 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 you're in the storm right now. I'll bring you out of the storm. I'll bring you out of what you're going through. But I've got to get you, I've got to just get you out of the way. And so, Here's what happens. Verse 4. Back on it. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness 
will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Wow, it's powerful. So Jesus says, I know the situation. I know that he's sick. But this sickness is not, it's not going to end. Watch his wording. This sickness, this sickness is not going to end in what? Death. No, it is for what? God's glory. Some of you have situations, dead-end situations right now in your life that God says, if you feel like a dead end, you feel like it's not going anywhere, you feel like it's not going to work out, but God's son is going to get the glory in this. God is going to have the final word in this. I've said this before at this church, no matter how ugly, nasty, disgusting your story looks, God always writes the final chapter. And so he says that the Son of Man will be glorified through it. So in summary, what actually happens is because Jesus loves him, the Bible says, and I'll just paraphrase what it says after that. It says, because Jesus loved them, he waited two more days. How many, how many of you know what kind of love is that? You, 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 you're the same way because you're like, I've been in this a long time, and if you're God, what kind of love? You, you say you love me. The preacher said he loved me, but I'm, it seemed like things are getting worse. How many would be honest? You know, you have those things like, the more I pray, the worse it gets. The more I say, you know what, I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to come to church, and I'm going to do the things that I'm supposed to do, and it seemed like it's getting worse. Seem like they're acting worse. Oh, come on. Some of y'all can't be honest because they're sitting next to you. No, I'm just messing with you. Uh, but I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, but sometimes in this Christian walk, it's like, you know, I'm trying, and the, more clo- the closer I get to God, the more I try, the harder it gets. Dead ends. Jesus specializes in, de- he he specializes in dead ends. Some dead ends that we have. One is being dead in our doubts. How many of you have been dead in doubt? The preacher promised this, the pastor promised this, the word promised this, and I'm not seeing anything like that right now. It looks like just the opposite of what God said is actually occurring in my life. Now I'm like, look, Lord, I, 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 I prayed hard. I even had some tears, and it's worse. Thomas, good example of that, because Jesus In this story, he says, you know what? Now I've waited long enough. I need to go deal with this situation. But Thomas, of course, this is what Thomas says in John 11, 16. Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let's also go that we may die with him. In other words, at this time, Jesus was getting ready to work a miracle. At the same time, the people who hated him were trying to kill him. And so Thomas being that guy in the group, how many of you know there's always one? And so he's that guy in the group. And he's like, you know what? Let's go. Let's just go die with him. <laughs> you, y'all know people like, I know you know people like that. It's like everybody can be positive in the group, and then there's that one. How many of you used to watch Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> so so you, got, you, got, you always have an Eeyore in the group somewhere. Oh, I don't know why it's just not going to work out. <laughs> don't worry if that's you. You're going to get some faith, too. But here's the thing. We like to say Thomas didn't have any faith, but Thomas was willing to go. 
And so we can't discount those people in the group who are always kind of the negative one because at least they're still willing to go. There's some people who are so positive but not willing to do anything. Different message. If you've ever had spiritual doubts, this is for you. Have you ever prayed and nothing happened? Have you ever sang, lifted your hands and nothing happened? You still went home and things were the same? God's getting ready to turn your situation around. See, the thing is that some of us are, 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 are literally right on the surface of our breakthrough. We're right on the surface of what God wants to do. And you know what you're getting ready to do? You're getting ready to turn around and walk in the opposite direction. Hold on. You just got to hold on a little bit more. So here's the thing. Never let, your, never let your doubt distract you from the promise. Never let your doubt distract you from the promise because the reality is because you're human, because I'm human, every so often that thing called doubt is going to creep in. So we can't sit there and say, you know, because I'm so spiritual and I'm so marvelous and I'm so close to Jesus, I never doubt anything. The reality is, is that there will be some things that come against you so hard in your life, you begin to say, Lord, I, I, I do believe, but there's a part of me. I'm still working on me. Over here, it's like, I love God, but my faith. I believe you're a healer, but, but, but I feel, you been there? I believe you're going to provide, but right now I'm looking at this stack of, come on. Never let your doubt distract you from the promise. Second thing, we can be dead in is dead in discouragement. We can be dead in discouragement. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him and Mary Stayed home. So now they heard, now Jesus is on the way. He's getting ready to work in my situation. He's on the way. So she's like, I don't have time to wait for Jesus. I know he's coming towards me, so I'm getting ready to go towards him. Y'all didn't catch that. But sometimes when you're praying and you're believing God and you're trusting God, as soon as you sense that he's taking a step in your direction, a step in your situation, you got to get up out of that pity party. You got to get up out of that sadness and say, you know what? Jesus is on the way and I'm going to meet him. Come on. Just because you're discouraged and depressed does not mean you're defeated. I don't know who that's for, but it's for somebody here. Just because you're discouraged, you're depressed does not mean you're defeated. Sometimes you got to be feeling all of that and still do what God wants you to do anyway. You got to press through the storm and get you an umbrella called praise and worship. And, and, and when the rain is coming down in your life and when you're struggling and you say, I don't know, I don't see a way, I don't know how I'm going to get past this or get past that. Say, you know what, God, I'm going to worship you anyway. I'm going to trust you to bring me out of this. I'm going to trust you to provide for me. I'm going to trust you to heal me. I'm going to trust you that these shackles are coming off. I'm going to trust you that I'm not going to cry always. Somebody help me preach this thing in here today. Because, see, at some point, we've got to take authority over the things that the enemy is trying to do in our life and say, you know what? I'm going to praise through this anyway. And you'll learn that as your faith builds, you'll praise through things that other people are drowning in. So we can be dead in discouragement. And this is what it sounds like in our time. I don't know if I'll ever have a good marriage. I don't know if I'll ever be a good parent. Nobody ever really loves me. I'm always on a dead-end job. Every time I go on an interview, they, they, they turn me down. I don't know when I'll ever get a good check. This ever sound like that? I don't know when they'll ever do right. They tell me to pray for them. They tell me to forgive them. They tell me to, to just release them from the things that they've done for me. But I don't know if it's ever going to make a difference. Dead in discouragement. 
But just because you're discouraged and depressed does not mean that you're defeated. Here's, here's another one, that, another dead end that we, we end up in, dead in the delay. How many of you know that God's delays are not delays of inactivity? And that means that if he's not working on the outside, that he's working on the inside. So that means that your situation may not be turning around on the outside, but God is doing something on the inside. And so we see in John eleven seventeen, this is what it says. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb how many days? He'd been in there four days. Been dead four days. But nothing's too hard for God. But here's what Martha says in John eleven twenty one. Lord, Martha said, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And this is a profound statement because it speaks to everything that we believe at times in our own life. In other words, Lord, if you were here, what I'm going through could have been prevented. You ever felt like that? If I had just done this, if I had just gone this direction instead of this direction in my life, Lord, if you had just revealed this to me earlier, if you had just shown me they were like this earlier, that might be another February thing. Some of y'all will catch that later. <laughs> but Jesus is not only a God who prevents trouble. And this is what I need everybody to understand. There's some things that we don't have to get into. Don't get me wrong. But, and there's some things, if he did show you, then maybe you would have chosen differently. But honestly, there's some things that even if he showed you, you still would have chose the same way. But, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And so God says this, and here's the principle. God's delays are not God's denials. Something you need to write on your mirror. Wake up in the morning, you get discouraged. Just because you're still waiting on it doesn't mean he said no. I need y'all to catch that before I move to the next point. Just because you're still waiting on him to move in that doesn't mean he said no. It's powerful. This is, is this powerful statement. In Psalms it says this, wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. In other words, while you're waiting, he's strengthening something you need for the journey. See, in other words, he can give you the thing, he can fix the thing, but right now he's working on the thing that's going to carry you through everything that you need in your life. So God's delays are not God's denials. The resurrection, watch this, is not an event. It's a person. Why are you talking about the resurrection on Christmas season? Because if you don't realize this, Jesus came to die for you. So if we're going to talk about his arrival, we need to talk about why he came. Because in the resurrection is all the hope that you need for the rest of your journey here on this earth. And so Jesus' question, his question to everyone around, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. But then he asks a question. He's like, do you believe this? So he reveals himself, and he, he reveals himself in a mighty and miraculous way, but there's something that needs to be attached to what he reveals to you and I. 
and it's called faith. And that means that he can drop something in you, just like right now as I'm preaching. He's, he's speaking through me to you. He's, he's looking for it to hit the seed of faith in your heart. Because if it hits the seed of faith in your heart, you'll leave here and you'll begin to apply it and declare, Lord, there's the resurrection and the life. And then even though I'm dealing with dead situations right now, I speak to them and I command them to live. That's, that's how you, you apply this thing to your life. And so here's what Jesus says. Summary, he says, didn't I say I'm able to resurrect? He, he said, I didn't say that. I'm able to resurrect, but I am the resurrection. Here is the principle. And this is what I get excited about. They say, they respond to him and say, Lord, we know our brother's going to be risen again in the resurrection. And Jesus says, you don't understand. The resurrection is looking you right in the face. In other words, you're talking about something in the sweet by and by, but what you're believing for is standing right in front of you. And I want to drop this to you and encourage you today that no matter what you're dealing with in your life, no matter what you're going through in your life, the one who can fix it, the one who can turn it around, the one who can, can make all things new in your life is standing right in front of you. It's standing right in front of you. And all he's asking you to do is believe. And so... They get to the end of the story, and this is the part that I like, and we're going to wrap it up with this. He gets to the end, they get to the end of the story, and he's going to the, 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 the tomb, and everybody's crying. Everybody's crying, everybody's upset. And inside, Jesus, he's groaning, and he's, he's crying, and everybody around him is saying, man, he must have really loved him. Still don't know who Jesus is. You can see Jesus move and still not know who he is. And so he groans in his spirit, not because Lazarus is dead, but because they don't know who he is. And so he says, I need y'all to roll this stone away. And Lord, by now he stinks. He, he stinks. So they still don't understand what he's doing. You're like, man, if I was there and Jesus was there, I'd be thinking differently. No, you wouldn't. Because the reality is, he shows up in our life every day in ways we don't realize. And he says, I want to do something in you. I've got something for you. You think your trials and your tests killed your purpose, but they didn't. You think that every, every mistake you made, every failure you had, you think that, that now all is lost and there's nothing you can do about it, but, but I'm here, I'm the resurrection, I'm the life, I'm, I want to make the dead things in your life come to life again, and you're sitting there saying, by now, my purpose stinks. By now, it's spoiled. By now, what am I going to do? And God is saying to you the same thing he said there. Young man, young woman. Roll the stone away. Roll the stone away. And then he talks to his father. And he says, I'm not saying this for my benefit because I know you always answer. He said, I'm saying this for the benefit of the people that are around. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus comes out, he's still got grave clothes on, and he says, loose him, <laughs> let him go. And the message to you today, as we wrap this up, 
to each and every one of you, the resurrection and the life, the Jesus who in this season came to die for each and every one of you, he's saying, come forth. He's saying, young man, young woman, older man, older woman, mature man, mature woman, come forth. I command your purpose to come forth. I command your destiny to come forth. I command you to believe again. I command you to have your self-esteem back. I speak to your health. I command your health to come forth. I command your, com- your provision to come forth. I command your gifts and your talents to come forth. Even though you thought it was dead, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And you shall live again. Give God some praise. Lift your hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around, just you and God. There's no fluff during this time. I'm not going to put any music on to make you feel a certain way. Just you, just you and God. What is it that you thought was dead? What is it that you thought was, was absolutely impossible? Even in this, I came in this morning, but inside I know I'm facing an impossible situation. This is the season where the impossible becomes possible. It's interesting, and I need you to understand this as your eyes are closed, that when Jesus' birth was announced, What was said was, for with God, all things are possible. This is how his life started. And so there's nothing that you are facing in your life right now that's too hard, too difficult for God. So the first thing I want to do, if you're here, and you be honest and say that by this world's standards, I'm facing an impossible situation. Just slip your hand up. Nobody's looking around. We'll never call you out or embarrass you, but I just want to know who to pray for. All right. Just keep your hand up. I'm the only one looking around. All right. You can put them down. And you may be here, and you're like, I've never, either I've never made a commitment to Jesus at all, or I need to just recommit. I I need to go all in with Jesus I've been fighting it for a long time, but I'm, I'm, I need to surrender. He's not asking you to have it all figured out. He's asking you to make a decision to just surrender to his plan and your purpose, his purpose for your life. If that's you, quickly slip up your hand. Um, I want to just know to pray for you as well. Amen. God bless you. Amen. First group, I want to pray for, and then we're going to pray a prayer together, and I'm going to dismiss you. First group, I'm praying for those who are facing those impossible situations. Again, um, if that's you, after the service as well, um, after I dismiss you, our prayer team will be up, and they'd love to just agree with you. Um, and I just think there's something special about agreeing with someone else for your miracle. Um, so don't be ashamed to do that. They won't embarrass you either. Even if you don't want to tell them, just come up and just let them agree with you and believe God for miracles. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for everyone who's in here today that lifted their hands and said that they may be facing an impossible situation right now. And Lord, I ask that you would move 
in their lives. Lord, give them the wisdom and the revelation to receive the gift of faith that's going to be necessary to see you in your fullness. Lord, remind them today, even before this day is over, that you are the resurrection, that you are the life, Lord, and begin to put new life, new passion, new enthusiasm in each and every one of them. I declare that this week be a week of miracles, a week of freedom, a week of supernatural provision and favor upon their lives, Lord. We take authority over everything that the enemy has tried to steal, knowing that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but you come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I declare the blessings of God over them. I declare favor um, in, in, in its fullness, in full measure, in Jesus' name. And now join me uh, in this prayer uh, and just pray it out loud with me. Everybody pray it. Um, there were some who lifted their hands for recommitment, salvation, but I want us all to pray together. So repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, you change everything. I turn from my way and I surrender I submit to your way. Thank you for saving me. Sit on the throne of my life and be Lord. Thank you for direction, for wisdom, for favor, for provision, for healing, for freedom, and total victory in every area. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. Um, if you need prayer, our prayer team is up. God bless you. Don't leave before I have a chance to shake your hand outside. I just want to shake your hand and greet you as we go. God bless you.